The Fedora Chronicles Network presents News of the Week with Jason Cousineau for April 20th, 2019. Julian Assange's burning of Notre Dame. I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. In this episode, we tackle the fire of Notre Dame, more about Julian Assange's arrest and the International Monetary Fund's board of directors approving a $4.2 billion extended fund for Ecuador. Coincidence? I think not. Space billboards and the need for more coverage on ancient alien outposts on the moon. And Jay's trip to Las Vegas. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. Yeah, this is definitely white man overbite music. What a great way to start news of the week with Jason Cusano. <laughs> I don't know if it's such a good idea to be playing Dick Dagger's theme just as we're getting ready to talk about the Catholic Church and the burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral, that might be in bad taste. Uh, Some might argue it's appropriate. So how was Las Vegas? Las Vegas was freaking awesome. Yeah. Had a great time. Um, Went and saw a couple of shows. Went to the Mob Museum, which if you are a... If you're an an aficionado of the 20s and 30s era, you definitely have to go. I mean, it doesn't focus entirely on that era, but they they do a good job of presenting how the mob got to the place where it did in popularity at that time frame. Also, they have a really good distillery underneath the mob museum um, where you can get moonshine. And uh, then we, they have a speakeasy. All right. Basically, it's just a bar. And uh, yeah, when we went, they had a really awesome band playing that night. So yeah, the Mob Museum was great. Uh, the shows, of course, are always great. Food is awesome. And yeah, just a really, really good time. Yes. And you didn't get married. Elvis, an Elvis impersonator did not marry you this time, huh? Nope, 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 no marriages. Although we did get our pictures taken into in front of a number of wedding chapels so that we could post them on social media to make a lot of people wonder. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> of course it. we did. Come on. Ah, freak people out and stuff like that. So what's going on in oh, the yeah. news? Anything interesting happening in the news? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Notre Dame, that... I have to say that that really, really bothered me. Yeah. Um, there's so many. I don't know, it was, there's so many aspects it, to it that bothers me. But uh, well, it, I haven't. I haven't read anything about. I, I at one point they said they think it it was started by an accident because right. of the restoration that was going on. But do we have we heard anything more? Have you read anything more on that? Um, all I have been able to read on this is that there was one news story, and I think it was retracted. They said that they found an abandoned car with empty gasoline containers inside. I'm not, and I, I, I don't know how true that is or not, and I can't, I can't find the article again. So that just goes to show you 
somebody is probably talking out of their butt and they're trying to start some controversy where there shouldn't be any. I, I mean, here's the sick thing. I want it to be an accident. And, yeah. but, and yet at the same time, um, I would rather not think that it was an accident. Like somehow it could have been prevented. If it was an accident, you could have prevented it. But if it was an actual act of arson, or terrorism, then you could have prevented it somehow, some way. Well, there's there's uh, there's a lot to that, right? Um, I'm not saying that you're never, that you're you're incorrect that they wouldn't have a motivation for covering up if it was something other than an accident, right? They definitely have a motivation for the reasons you stated, but I also I keep coming back to in my head. If this was a terrorist act, Notre Dame represents the Catholic Church yeah. in in France. It does. It's the Catholic so Church of France. Yeah. Not necessarily. Well, it's not necessarily a. Uh, if it was an attack on the cat on that symbol of religion within the country, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. It was Muslim terrorists. It could have been. Yeah, um, some other freaking radical group. There's God knows there's enough of them. It could have been the yellow and, vests, you know. It could have been the people who wear the yellow vests. And apparently, there are also yeah. other church burnings in Paris that we're not able to substantiate. I've heard of that. I I have not. I mean, I've read a few articles on it, but nothing nothing mainstream, which is meaning less and less over the years. Right. But it's also not just France, but Europe in general. Yeah. There's been an increase. Um, it's starting to, if, and again, you got to be careful of just reading a bunch of this stuff all at once because then it looks like there's a pattern and it's not necessarily a pattern. Right. You know, um, how long is it between the burnings? Is it, you know, is it just a coincidence? Are all of these being written up as being accidents? Because the Catholic Church is also in financial difficulties. Yep. Um, and let's be honest, they're, now they've got more than enough money to renovate Notre Dame. Oh, sure. So if you want to go full-on conspiracy theorist with it, it is, I mean, the Catholic Church, because of the sex scandal with the priests, is they're hurting for money because it's spreading. It's all across Europe now. There's a lot of accusations and allegations and stuff like that. And it's the church has reason to try and generate money. The church has even the yeah. people that are going to church aren't donating as much as they used to. Why would you? I mean, this is the sad, well, sick thing. And it's like, this isn't a slam against Catholics. This is a slam against the Catholic leadership. Whereas it's like, they've been hiding yeah. the child abuse sex scandal for literally decades um as chron oh, yeah. as chronicled in the movie spotlight um and there's been countless books written about this over the past couple of i think this story is about like maybe like what 10 20 years old almost 20 years old well the story i think is about 20 years old but the allegations go back all the way into the 50s yeah so yeah it's it's rough i mean it the catholic church is in a they're in quite a pickle. They are, um, yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not having a good, good time of it. And they've made all, the leadership has made a lot of mistakes over the years. Yeah. So, in terms of how to handle that, so 
it's going to be interesting. I mean, we've had more popes in the last 10 years than in the previous 30. Yeah. You know, um, what's going on with that? Who knows? You know, by the way, um, accord, according to the Oracle of Google, the very first article that the Boston Globe Spotlight team published about this is the earliest as I could find was January 6th, 2002. And I remember exactly where I was when I heard Mike Barnacle, of all people, speaking about this on WTKK out of Boston. And Mike Barnacle, I believe, which doesn't is, exist anymore, doesn't exist anymore. Um, the station's format has turned over, and I don't know what Mike Barnacle is doing anymore. Um, and if, hey, in the off chance, um, Mike Barnacle is listening to this, hey, man, uh, how's it going? How you been? Uh, I miss calling into your show. Um, but I remember how Mike Barnacle was like, he was torn up inside of, of, about this because I believe he is a Catholic. And how um, one of the things that he had said is like, everybody is going to be painting the Catholic Church with this broad brush and you're never going to be able to think about the Catholic church the same way again, after reading these reports and that now, now it's public knowledge. Now it's out there. No, it's no longer a dirty little secret. Um, and it, it, the scandal ruined the church's reputation. Oh, it absolutely did. And justifiably so. Oh, sure. It's the leadership. I mean, any, yeah, the lead, and also, and here's the thing: I have to keep saying this over and over and over. This is not a bash against the Catholics, like the rank and file Catholics. This is a, um, it's a critique of the leadership. It's a critique of the leadership. And the thing is, is that how can you? How could they have just let this happen and just bounce priests from parish to parish, um, and not even like? Well, it does make you wonder. Doesn't it? it? It does kind of make you wonder how exactly how long has this been going on? Because they could have been doing this for centuries and we would sure. have no idea. Sure. Because they're not, it's not something they're going to make a record of. You know, Father Joseph was caught diddling young men again. Time to move him. You know, we got we must move him at least 150 miles that way there. You know what I mean? They, it's not like they're going to keep those records. Apparently, well, have you have you seen the Spotlight um, movie? That's, I have not. that's based upon as a matter of fact they did keep records of this but they they all they had these membership books um and they had special codes or designations for priests that were taken moved um and shuffled around um if you haven't seen the movie it's very it's painful to watch but it's also very captivating it's it's a great movie about journalism about what journalists used to do before um before they became activists before they be, before they became activists and there was there i mean it's a story that they knew was going to they knew it was going to hurt people people were going to be hurt by the story but this but the story still needed to be told and people need to know this is what's going on in our organizations and here here's the thing if there is a child and people are going to go crazy when i say this if there is a child abuse sex scandal within the within the Congress, or the Senate, or the Supreme Court, I hope that they get outed. If any child I, abuse I, sex scandal exists anywhere, it should be outed, but it should be done by actual investigators, like real reporters, not um, not by mere bloggers or yeah, Alex Jones Brigade and Infowars and all like that. 
you know it, right and and the the truth of the matter is is there's been allegations and accusations i mean there was do you remember wonkette oh yeah or um washingtonian yep you know she was a blogger who basically just flat out admitted that she she got a lot of inside information about what was happening in Washington D.C. because she didn't mind having anal sex with old white men. That's awful, you know. And that's—I mean—that's horrible. Yeah, that's horrible. That to think that that's going on in our halls of government, and that not only that it's happening because to an extent I don't give a shit what they're doing on their own time. I don't care about right. But the fact that she's able to get information from these guys means that what else are they telling people? What else is going on? That is now making me trust Congress even less, which is something that I really didn't think was possible. That's shocking. But I mean, it gets back to the whole thing about consenting adults. Whatever consenting adults do, it's it, it's it's not my problem and it's not my business until somebody makes it an issue that I have to quote deal with. Um, and I, I in general, yeah, yeah, in general, I mean, there's there is to an extent, you know, you kind of want to at least pretend to think yeah that what what our politicians do on their own time doesn't affect us but the truth is with the world being the way it is today yeah i'm pretty sure it does pretty sure it does it's definitely clearly it's informing or influencing their decisions on how they vote right oh if if a politician is caught doing something horrible um the blackmail factor. The blackmail factor, absolutely. And speaking of of politicians, um, Gene Shaheen is not going to be on the show again this week. Just wanted to put that out oh. there. So again, it's not I mean, it's not for a lack of trying. It's I not. Wonder for, why she doesn't want to talk to you? I don't know. I mean, I, uh, she likes to talk about me, I guess. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, getting back to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. so many people are pledging to rebuild Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame, yeah. Notre Dame, you say potato, I say spuds. Um, but the thing is, is that there are other problems in the world that I think take precedence. A lot of people are mentioning um, Flint, Michigan. And Flint, Michigan still has toxic water coming out of the tap. Before you finished up breakfast, um, I was watching this video via Jimmy Dore. Um, uh, uh, Jimmy Dore's YouTube page, uh, new bombshell Flint documentary exposes government crimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, just talking about the fact that the water that's coming out of the tap in Flint, Michigan is still toxic and it's still making people sick. Which is so just, first of all, it's kind of unbelievable. Right. No, I mean, in, in modern um, United States, we think. You know, we have this great infrastructure that, you know, we, you know, first nation problems, first world problems, however you want to phrase it. Right. We think of all of that. We don't think of toxic fucking water. And Flint, Michigan isn't like some podunk town of 200 people. It's it's a pretty big suburb of Detroit, I believe. Exactly. It is. It is not an insignificant little backwater in nowheresville. It's not some remote fucking village or some remote corner corner of native american reservation because that kind of shit happens in those places all the time and no one gives a happy fuck nobody cares it's ha- i mean exactly. we care nobody we cares. care but it's it never makes the news when it i does- say nobody cares i don't mean people right. i mean the media the media doesn't care highlight it they're not going to bring it up since the beginning of 
the of this year since beginning of 2019 um and i last to be honest read this last read up on this last uh last month so as of mid-march of this year between january and mid-march some 54 native american women in the state of montana and idaho have gone missing yeah and they don't know where they are they're just gone just native american women they do what they normally do and then they just don't come home one day and they're gone yeah you know daughters wives sisters mothers gone no one knows where they are there's no investigation going on about it it, it disgusts me it to, does. to think that things like that happen in this country but they do you know i mean especially something as fundamental as basic safety or just freaking the ability to drink clean water yeah just ugh. the idea that there are these things happening here in the united states and nobody really wants to talk about them people do not want to talk about women and children missing and one of the things that we've talked about this walt and i talked about this quite a bit before he retired uh, and i kept bringing this up close to half a million people disappear each year in the united states alone where do they go now there's a good percentage of them. I think 80% of the people do eventually show up in some way, shape, or form. Like, But half a million people are reported missing in the United States each year. And a large percentage of those people show up again or you know, like they accidentally drove. Some of them drive off the road on, you know, on the way home from work or some of them, you know, they have a heart attack in the shower or something like that and there's an investigation and those are revolved, resolved eventually. But there are cases that are not solved. There are people who just up and disappear and you never hear from them again. People just up and disappear. And the question is, where do these people go? The media does well, not make a big deal about that. Well, well no, it doesn't. I mean, in, in the movie, um, The Dark Knight, um, the Batman movie, the second one. Right. One of the things that Joker says is, as long as everything goes according to plan, everything is okay. You know, as long as it's Joe Nobody who disappears, no one gives a shit. But if it's someone of note, that's when everyone loses their mind. You know, and I'm very, very, very much paraphrasing what he said yeah. because I'm not going to do all the dramatic. Oh, everyone loses their mind. Okay, maybe I will. Um, but it's just, we as a people expect a certain amount of crime we expect a certain amount of violence in our society because that's what we're used to i read somewhere once that there are maybe as many as 35 serial killers operating within the united states yeah. that we don't know about and this was some study that was done by i think it was harvard if i remember right. correctly um but it's if you think about it you do the, are those two things related? Is there is there serial killers like? I mean, the trope is that it's a you know that um, truck drivers, you know, long haul truck drivers go out on these you know killing sprees and they kill random people. I mean, no one's really going to give a shit about a, a missing lot lizard turning up dead somewhere. Yeah, except for the people close to that. I do that want particular person before you, know, you before um, you go any further, lot lizard for lot lizard for those of you who are uninitiated is in certain truck stops across the country there are women and men who sell sex to the truck drivers. They're prostitutes basically, right. 
but they hang out in the parking lots of the truck stops, which is why they're called lot lizards. Most of them are involved in drugs and stuff like that as well. So it just really, we, we kind of expect it, yeah. you know, and it, and it's acceptable to an extent. Um, that's really kind of a sad state, <laughs> a sad statement yeah. on society. You know, we kind of assume that it's just the United States, but the same things happen in Europe. The same things happen in Canada. The same things happen in, well, don't get me started on Mexico. But, you know, I mean, these things happen worldwide. And for the most part, people just don't really care because unless it affects them directly, simply because crime happens. Yeah. People suck, you know. Especially lot lizards. <laughs> Only if you pay him well enough. I do, I because one of the things I did want to, I do want to play this little clip here. Hmm? You, you know what I noticed? Nobody panics when things go according to plan, even if the plan is horrifying. If tomorrow I tell the press that like a gangbanger will get shot, or a truckload of soldiers will be blowing up, nobody panics because it's all part of the plan. But when I say that one little old mare will die, well, then everyone loses their minds. So look what I did. It's all part of the plan. Exactly. It's, even if the horror, even if the plan is horrifying, the plan, the plan that is horrifying that we're seeing right now is that it's okay that we are poisoning the water of poor neighborhoods and poor communities so that we can save a buck or yeah you know if 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 a school is shot up you know people all freak out cuz that's not really supposed to be part of the plan and people like to oh my god it's like we got to we we have to do something you know we have to we have to do something about this and then a week later it's like Hey, did, did you hear that Kanye and, and Kim are going to have a special appearance at the MTV Music Awards? Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh I can't wait. Yeah. You know, um, if or if or, I, you know, or something else happens, you know, like I'm, I understand that there's a finite attention span. Right. Not everyone can pay attention to everything. And it's just part of being human. But we have a 24-hour news cycle that covers, on average, about three or four stories every 24 hours. Yeah. And usually, each of those those three or four stories are going to be covered in detail for about two weeks. And then the stories sort of rotate. But 24 hours, only over three or four stories, is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Right. And, and they are obsessed. It really is. And, and the news media, regardless who it is, they are obsessed with this news story. Like right now, if I were to turn on the TV and watch network news, like CNN, Fox News, whatever, I guarantee you that within an hour, they'll do a 20-minute piece on what's going on in Notre Dame. And yeah. two or three months from now, there won't be any mention of it at all. And I've mentioned this before. How is it that one of the worst ecological disasters ever to happen in the Atlantic Ocean, the BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, hardly anybody brings that up anymore. What happened to all that oil? Where did that oil oh, go? Oh, I, I can actually answer this. Sure. There are microbacteria in the ocean that actually eat oil. Okay. The BP oil spill... Um, part of the reason why it was it affected wildlife as much as it did 
is because of our efforts to clean it up. The little clumps of oil that you were that yeah. they were finding on the beaches were a result of the cleanup efforts that we made. The truth is, things like that just happen naturally underneath the water, yep. and there's these microorganisms that eat the oil, and then eventually the oil stops gushing for whatever reason because we really don't know what's going on underneath the surface of the earth. Um, I like to think that you know the giants that live underneath there are mm-hmm. fighting with the dragons, and then you know they just kind of plug the <laughs> hole with the dead body. But that's just me, you know. I also like to drink a lot of high sugar and caffeine early in the morning. So, yeah, that's, yeah, oil spills like that. Right. Usually the the ocean has a way of taking care of it. The thing we forget is that oil is naturally occurring in the earth. Right. It's part of the earth. The earth has a means of dealing with it. And if it gets really bad, the the surface spills are worse than the subsurface spills so like the bp oil disaster in the gulf was actually underneath the water and it was gushing out but like exxon valdez was a spill on the surface the earth is not prepared for those kinds of things it's not really set up for dealing with it no those that microbacteria is something that is more deeper in the water it doesn't go up to the surface so yeah Fukushima. So yeah. Like we don't talk about Fukushima anymore. Fukushima is not in the news as are it they was. still are they still having like fish with three eyes and shit? There still have there are still um there's still evidence that something bad is going on around Fukushima. Um Geiger counters yeah. are off the charts. But the thing is is that we don't it's not sensational anymore. It, it it's like if I had the money, I have had the infinite resources and money, I would actually start up a news channel called um, Catch Up. Yeah. And and that's what I would focus on. Whatever happened, you know, every night would be a different focus on a different story on at least one show. You know, this is what happened with Fukushima. This is what the current state is. This is what's been done. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. Um. You know what I mean? Yeah. And none of the stories would be breaking news. There'd be no such thing as breaking news. It would all be one-year follow-ups. And I would have to be independently wealthy because that is a money-losing proposition. Oh, sure. Because there would be people like you and me that watch it, but the vast majority of people, not just in the United States, by the way, but worldwide, because this is a human nature thing. It's not a United States thing. A vast number of people just don't give a shit speaking of not giving a shit here's a fine example here this is a news item from eco watch dated april 6th 2018 so this is more than a year ago oil spill now larger than paris ravages indonesian islands five dead this is from a year ago and there was an oil spill there's a picture of it there's a big huge um huge mushroom cloud of, of 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 black smoke rising out of the ocean from this fire and it says an oil spill in borneo that began over the weekend has now spread across an area larger than the city of paris and is heading out to the open ocean the indonesian government said the spill first reported on march 31st stems from a pipeline operated by state-owned oil firm i'm not even going to pronounce that um <laughs> in Indonesia, a report released by April 4th by the Ministry of Environment and Forestry said that the slick was spreading out from um, 
Bullock Pack Pan Bay into the Strait of Madagascar, covering some 130 square miles. I don't remember seeing this in the news. Well, first of all, it's happening not within the United States and not within Europe. Yeah. There is, the United States has a very Eurocentric um, point of view in terms of what it considers to be quote unquote world news. Yeah. For example, World War One. Who are the countries involved in World it War? Was all, it was all European countries, Jay, and the exactly. United States. So why is it a world war? I don't know. I mean, at least World War II, which is really kind of World War One Part Two. Yeah. Um, at, at least World War Two had Japan involved. Australia was involved mostly because we dragged them into it, but yeah. they were involved. You know, you actually did have nations outside of the United States and Europe that were involved. You know, but in truth, it's very european eurocentric and why is that well people would argue it's about the technology well then if it's about the technology um we forget that china and japan really didn't get involved into the higher level of technology that they're at now until after world war ii but yeah prior to that japan was uh they were kind of kicking and screaming entering the 20th century yep um china I have no idea what the hell is going on in China. I know there was the Nipo-Russo War, Japan versus uh, Russia prior to World War II. Um, Japan and China have been hating on each other for literally century, centuries. Yep. And Korea has gotten caught in the middle so many times that they've just don't give a fuck anymore. They'll <laughs> they yeah. do what they can to keep both of them out. You know. Um, yeah, we we as as a as a society tend to focus on our own interests, yeah. which mostly for us is Europe and the United States, Canada. We even ignore, we even pay closer attention to Europe than we do Mexico. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Unless, of course, we want to make um, documentaries and miniseries about the uh, the drug cartels. Who cares? Right, exactly. And then, you know, there's there's a difference between the Mexican cartels and the Colombian cartels, but you know, again, unless we're unless we're delving into the crime era, which is again all driven mostly by the United States and Europe anyway. Yeah. Yep. We don't give a shit. I mean, Africa and South America have the largest natural resources in the entire fucking world, and the United States and Europe have done everything possible to keep those places all fucked up. Right. I would do they really have be, because that's a great segue for talking about WikiLeaks. But I want to read this first before we move on here. Talking about um, uh, Notre Dame. Here are all the people and companies who have collectively pledged near seven hundred thirty million dollars so far to help rebuild Notre Dame after the disastrous fire. How much money are they yeah. devoting towards? fixing things like the water in Flint, Michigan. Um, how much money is being pledged by these companies to rebuild black churches that have burned here in the United States? How much money has been pledged to rebuild all the other churches that have been have been burned down due to arson in, in, in France and all over the rest of the world? And the thing is, is I understand that there is historical significance to Notre Dame. I understand. I understand that, uh, and Ben Shapiro talked about this for a little bit in one of his his podcasts uh, earlier this week. Um, it's symbolic 
of of Christian Judeo values and history in Europe. It's it's a it's a repository of French Catholicism and artifacts of Catholicism that's second only to um, the Vatican. It's historically important. But what about all these other historically important artifacts? How about all the Buddhist temples and monuments that the Taliban have blown up in the past 20 years? Are we doing anything to bring those back? Uh, why the focus on just Notre Dame? I, 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 I'm having a hard, other than the fact that the visuals on the TV were horrible and striking. Um, how, and we can rally together to save this old relic. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do though. Yeah. You know, like there was never such unity in the United States in my lifetime as there was on September 12th, 2001. Right. That's what we do. We pull together, you know, we pull together in when, when shit goes south. And then the rest of the time, you know, we're like the <laughs> we're like the classic bickering family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, you 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 can call we can call our sister a whore and a slut and all that stuff, but as soon as someone else says it, we're gonna smack the fucking living shit out of them. Exactly. You know? It's just it, it's you aggravating. Know, it's, it's aggravating that oh we're gonna pull we're gonna pull together and do something about this now. You know, it, 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 it takes a tragedy for us to rally together. Um, but for the Which rest, it's just so pitiful. It is. Really. It said, how, why, why does it take something like this? Why does it take a tragedy like this? And I know it's human nature. We're, we're talking about human nature and all right. like this. So but why is that part of human nature? I, I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer to that. I wish, I wish I knew a freaking a psychologist that could explain it to me in a way that actually makes sense. Like, here's a question. Yeah. How, 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 how come it took a, a tragedy and a disaster, like my wife's car accident? How come it took my wife's car accident for me to actually really explore how much I love her and how much she really means to me? Why did it take an accident like that for me to sort of come to my senses and say, I really love this woman. She really, she, she means the world to me. There's a part of it that's all like I, I, you, you take somebody for granted, you take them, you know, you take advantage of somebody and take them for granted. And then when you almost lose them, that's when you snap out of it and realize that, wow, this person is really important to me. I really need to do more to um, to show this person my appreciation. Um, you know, yeah. it's I mean, a part of it's part of human nature and I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't either. I mean, we we take we get too familiar with things and we, we start taking them for granted. And unfortunately we do that with people too. I just assume my car is going to start in the morning and then when it doesn't, I get pissed off. Right. You know what I mean? Um, that's again, that's a human nature thing. It's something that I don't know if there's studies on it. If I don't know if they actually understand why we do it, but I would love to know because I put, I, I put a concerted effort into trying to appreciate things especially, you know, since the divorce. I mean, um, I haven't really talked about this much on the show, but my divorce, I look at as a failure on my part. Mm -hmm. 
because you know the truth is every every breakup is two people's fault very rarely is it one person's fault you know my girlfriend was in a horrible marriage and it finally ended because she had had enough and she decided to take action on it but that is not the norm i mean outside of like abusive relationships like that most relationships especially cases of infidelity really it's two people's fault you know you either chose your mate poorly in that they were never worthy of the trust that you put in them to begin with mm -hmm. in which case you're more angry at yourself than you are at them anyway mm -hmm. or you didn't do something that caused them to be open to the concept of having another relationship, you know? Now, it doesn't mean that doesn't absolve the other person from their own decisions and their own actions, but, you know, that's just how it is. And, and I wish, in some ways, I wish I had, I had not taken her for granted. I wish I had not taken anything for granted. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, on, on my current relationship, especially, I'm doing everything I can to try and stay on top of it. Of course, it's easy to do in the beginning, but yeah. then after, you know, a decade or two, it gets harder because you yeah. start, it becomes familiar and you, and you start taking it for granted. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of taking it for granted, your audio just dropped out there for a second. Oh, did it? Yeah. I just like all of a sudden, it, it, was like, it was like, I lost you for a second. No, it was just, it, we, nobody missed anything. I, I don't think. But speaking okay. about taking something or someone for granted, Julian Assange is a perfect example of somebody that we've sort of been taking advantage of, <laughs> you know, and um, there's a couple of news items. This is a follow-up from, from what we did last week. Um, I'm kind of like... Show notes. Where's my show notes? I have so many pages open, it's not even funny. Um, there's a news item that came across our, our desk. Um, let me see here. $4.2 billion IMF bailout for Ecuador paved the way for Assange's arrest. Yeah, money talks and bullshit walks. That's the thing that I think is very shocking. Um, yeah, but at the same time... Um, I don't think we should be all that surprised by it. I mean, first of all, you've read Trump's Art of the Deal. Oh yeah, it's the one you know? book that convinced. I mean, it's, it, it's the it's the one book that convinced me that he would not make for a good president. But go ahead. Exactly. Well, exactly. But at the same time, you know that if he can, his gut reaction is going to be to buy his way out of it. Whatever it is, it's going to be let's buy it out, yeah. and for whatever reason. The timing of this is interesting to me, is why now did Ecuador approach us and say, hey, you want Julian Assange, we can get him for you? Or did we approach them and be like, look, you guys are having economic troubles, you give us this little guy, he's a schmuck, he's not doing anything for you. You know what I mean? I, wanna, I wonder. Yeah, I want to read this from the, uh, the International Monetary Funds webpage, imf.org. IMF, isn't that the organization that Tom Cruise works for in those Mission Impossible movies? I digress. IMF Executive <laughs> Board approves of U.S. $4.2 billion extended fund facility for Mexico. The Executive Board of the International Monetary Fund today approved of a $4.2 billion arrangement under the IMF extended fund facility. For Ecuador, the board's decision enables the immediate disbursement of 
$652 million. The arrangement provides the support of the Ecuadorian government's economic policies over the next three years. And this is a link. This is a lengthy. It's a lengthy article that we'll be posting up on our on our on our show page. And this is this is going to be the news of the week with Jason Cousineau for uh, April twentieth. I can't believe the month is almost. It's it's more than halfway over. Jay. By the way, happy Easter in advance. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, is that really? I mean, you really don't think that there's a coincidence that the thing is, is that the IMF approves this loan. And then all of a sudden, well, I, Julian Assange is kicked out of uh, of the Ecuadorian embassy in London. You don't think that there's a coincidence, huh? Okay, right. I would. Th- I, I, yeah. I, I again, I, I wonder about all of this in, in the timing. You know why now? You know, um, uh, to my recollection, Bush didn't like Assange, but didn't really push after him too much. Um, Obama pushed after him more, mm-hmm. and now Trump, to my knowledge, didn't even uh, wasn't even aware that Assange existed because I've never heard him mention Julian Assange. Oh, in he any mentions way. WikiLeaks. Donald Trump mentioned WikiLeaks quite a bit, talking about, I remember specifically where I was when I heard that Donald Trump said, hey, listen, if somebody could hack Hillary's emails and get them out um, and publish them on WikiLeaks, that would be great. Uh, do am I do I have to do my really bad Donald Trump impression? No, no, you don't have to do that. No, I'm not going to subject anyone to that. Oh, uh, I don't know. By the way, did I ever tell you the story? It was this time when I was with my in-laws, and it was uh, in the late late nineties, and uh, we were just all kind of like hanging out. And we were talking about how um, what what would happen if 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 uh, Bill Clinton could run for a um, a third term. How would that How would that go? How would that? I started doing my Bill Clinton impression because I think it's I think it's funny as hell. Um, and that's a sign of psychosis when you can laugh at your own jokes. And I was just like going on and says, I promise you that in my next third term as president, I'll have more hookers. I'll have more interns in the White House. I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep the newspapers busy like you have never seen before. You think I was hot now? Well, you, you can't wait to see how hot it's going to get in the White House during my third term. And my, and my father-in-law looked at me. <laughs> And turned off his earring aid, and then, <laughs> and then just smiling and nodding, <laughs> smiling and nodding. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> That's classic. I, like I didn't that. know if it was because of Bill Clinton or the really bad impression I was doing of him. Um, well, well, I'm not gonna. Past judgment either way, but I will say for a moment there, I thought you were slipping a bit into a Bill Cosby territory. But, uh... <laughs> now you see what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to put we're going to put the oh barbiturates in her jello. I'm sorry, but do you remember? Do you remember when um, what's his name? Um, the governor of California, something gray. When he stepped down out of office and they had that special election and like everyone and their mother was running for governor. Yeah. One of the people that ran for governor was a porn star. 
Yes. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dignify by by mentioning the name of the porn star. But yeah. they were actually on I heard them on the radio and the radio personality asked them, Well, what do you propose to do? Because, you know, there's a lot of financial problems. What's your plan for getting California out of its financial woes? And this porn star said, I was gonna I'm going to install webcams in the governor's mansion. And I'm like, Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. As a matter of fact, as a matter, uh, here we go. California I mean, dreaming. Planning on? Are you planning on having an orgy there every day? I mean, whatever. But you, but as you a matter know, of fact, just, I, I wrote I wrote about this back in August twenty third, two thousand three, on the Fedora Chronicles. So. Um, I th- I think I think that that would be really sort of appropriate for um, for the state in terms of California. Of transparency. This is the kind of music that they should be playing on the on the webcam for. Uh... <laughs> what was her name? Mary Carey or something like that. Harry Carey. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, folks! It's time for a. Budget meeting. <laughs> so, oh I, but that's a perfect example of how our society is collapsing. I remember I was um, driving to the grocery store, and I saw this little old lady had on um, on her car a bumper sticker that said, "I believe Stormy." And it's like, who would have thought that we would live in a, in an age? when a little old lady living in southern New Hampshire would actually even know who Stormy Daniels is. Well, here's the thing. Um, As an older woman of my acquaintance once mentioned to me, and it horrified me when she said this, was just because there's snow on the roof doesn't mean there's no fire in the oven. (laughs) And considering this woman was the mother of a friend of mine, I was absolutely horrified. I was like, uh, I don't know what to say to that. It's not often that I'm speechless, and I was definitely speechless. I was there was so many thoughts running through my head, and no place for me to run physically to get away. <laughs> Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? <laughs> <laughs> but you t- except in this particular case it would have been more like ah! <laughs> she did not look like mrs robinson from the graduate i'm sorry she didn't i could just imagine i but i i, I do think that it's like but looking back on the whole situation with wikileaks and, I, and everybody who has a website or a blog or whatever and talks about politics, you owe a debt of gratitude to WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks has provided us material for almost an entire decade. And if it wasn't for WikiLeaks publishing illegal documents, stolen documents, hacked emails... Um, I wouldn't be the person that I am today, as awful as that sounds, because looking and reading what is being what was being published on WikiLeaks and said, look, 
Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. All these politicians are lying hypocrites and scumbags. They do not have your best interest at heart. And looking at how people are reacting to this, I mean, Julian Assange and his arrest is a litmus test, again, for other people. And what what do you think about facts? What do you think about politics? You can tell... um, you love Julian Assange when he's publishing articles or WikiLeaks is publishing articles about how horrible George Bush is and how what a liar George Bush is and what a manipulator and how he lied about, about weapons of mass destruction, blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as Obama gets into office or Hillary Clinton is running, the same exact people who were the champions of WikiLeaks and Julian Assange now they hate the guy because now he's talking about, you know, what a scumbag Obama and Hillary were when they were in office and all the horrible things that they were doing and how Hillary Clinton had two different, she had a public policy and a personal policy. And it's, it's, not, your, mm-hmm. it's not your business that she's taking millions of dollars from Goldman Sachs for an hour-long speech that she gave. You know, and and what she says to the public about what she's going to do about the banking collapse of 2009 and what she says in public and what she's going to do about that is totally different about what she said in private. Um, and the world needed to know that. And I think that what Donald Trump is doing is sort of like he's playing a, le- a, a version of chess or a higher level of chess than um, we any of us could possibly imagine. He's not ingratiating himself on Julian Assange. He's not like praising this guy. He's being very quiet. But if I do, I think that if it wasn't for WikiLeaks and the release of the Clinton emails, and we said this in our last show, if it wasn't for WikiLeaks, I don't think Donald Trump would be president. So I think that Don, I right, think, and I think to some extent he knows that, but he also knows he also understands the um, the optics. He also understands the 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 two-sided nature of of WikiLeaks. He can't be buddy. He's smart enough to realize he can't be buddy-buddy with Julian Assange without also pissing off people on his own side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does, does Am I making sense? No, you're making perfect sense. I don't always. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I think that, I think that a lot of people in the media need to um, rally behind Julian Assange. Because the thing is, is that what happened with, what happened with WikiLeaks and, and, and Julian Assange is almost just like what happened with the Pentagon Papers. And Daniel Ellsberg releasing the Pentagon Papers, all the, all the DARPA documents about what was going on in Vietnam and releasing it to the New York Times and the Washington Post. If you haven't seen the movie The Post, and I actually have a review of this movie on our website. Were it not for the Washington Post and the New York Times butting heads against the Nixon administration and publishing what was actually being said and done about Vietnam and how long we knew that Vietnam was just, Vietnam was a losing cause. Um, I, I don't know if Vietnam would have ended the way that it ended. And 
what they did, what these news organizations did, was alerted the public. This is this is this is what the government is saying behind closed doors. Here are their secret documents. This is what they say is really going on, and it changed the way the majority of Americans looked at the Vietnam conflict. And people could have. If it wasn't for the Supreme Court decision, I wonder how many people would have gone to jail for releasing the Pentagon Papers. But that also paved the way for for Watergate um, and finding out that, you know, seeing what 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 sneaky tricks were going on behind the scenes with the Watergate break in and stuff like that. And it, and it cost Richard Nixon his uh, his career, his administration. He he resigned. Yeah, the the thing that people forget is that that would be like Barack Obama halfway through his second term resigning from office mm-hmm. because Richard Nixon in his re-election bid was it his re-election bid anyway he didn't win a majority of the electoral college and popular vote he won the vast majority oh yeah he yeah. took every state except massachusetts every state his one his win was epic he he won i mean landslide doesn't even begin to cover it yeah we're talking a fucking avalanche yeah and And then two years later he's resigning from office yeah because of this scandal because of the water and but, but and people had the right to know oh absolutely i i don't I don't begrudge Woodward and Bernstein for what they did at all. I mean, to be honest, Tricky Dick was Tricky Dick. Right. I mean, what happened, what he said, what he did, what was on those tapes, that, sh- that needed to come out and should have come out. And they, they did a, the, the country a, a service, really, by doing that. Yeah. The only downside to that is every news reporter then saw themselves as the next Woodward and Bernstein. So there was a lot of artificial manufacturing, and that's where I think a lot of these scandals that we have that are blowing up all over the place, a lot of them start to feel manufactured over time because everyone wants to take down, they want to be the people that took down the president. And Bob Woodward, when he wrote about the Obama White House, all of a sudden he was an asshole and no one wanted to have anything to do with him. Yeah. You know, because he hadn't changed at all because he wasn't partisan. He didn't go after he didn't go after Nixon because Nixon was a Republican. He went after Nixon because Nixon was a politician in office and had a lot of power and he wanted to know if he was abusing it. He got a, a lead on the story that might go somewhere indicating that he was abusing his power. And that's what he followed. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't have reporters like that anymore. We really don't. Do you imagine how different the world would be if we did? Oh, absolutely. Whereas it's like, I, you know, um, geez, this, this really looks bad for, for the president that I supported. And if I publish this news story um, about this, this president that I really like, he could become impeached. Ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn it over to my editor. I'm just going to put it in the paper shredder. Um, you, I think that it's like if your president is doing something wrong, something that's illegal, I think that the world has the right to know. And, um, and I, I, I would go one step beyond that. I would, I would say that 
if the president I voted for is doing something that I disagree with, I'm going to want to know more about right. it because that bastard lied to me, snowballed me, you know, pulled the wool over my eyes. You know what I mean? Um, I would like to think I would be like that, but I honestly don't know. I haven't cared enough about a single politician to feel betrayed by them. Yeah. And maybe it's because we grew up in the post tricky dick era. You know, we yeah. grew up post Nixon. So maybe we just have an inherent distrust of all the politicians. Cause look, this guy won. I mean, vast super majority. We're talking of the Nixon. Vote. We're talking popular Nixon. vote. Yeah. And, and electoral college vote. There yeah. was absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind that this man won by a large, large margin. And we forget that. I mean, he we we don't have elections like that anymore. No one candidate, even even Ronald Reagan, who was a hell of a lot more popular than people give him credit for. Yeah. Even Ronald Reagan didn't have those kind of majorities. It, he really didn't. No. Which makes you wonder, what the hell? <laughs> How the fuck did he get away with it? I you don't know. So still to still to this day, I mean, um, I I will not forget when I was stuck at home watching the Iran Contra hearings uh, on on TV in the summer of '87, and it was yep. just like and watching you know what Oliver North had to say, it was awful. And it it yep. looked like it looked as if Ronald Reagan was really going to go down, and he was going to take uh, George Herbert Walker Bush with him. And it was like, how could yeah. any politician bounce back from that? And it's like after Iran Contra, George Herbert Walker Bush walked into the White House as president. Shit, a year later. Um, yeah. In 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 nineteen eighty eight, how the how did that happen? And I think that people need to... Well, that's to, a good question, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, is that was it because Oliver North fell on his his sword like G. Gordon Liddy did? Um, that's a that's a tough call. I don't know. That's a, it is. How, how did that happen? Yeah. Who would have thought that that would have happened? You know, I mean, I, I worry about any dynasty within the United States. Oh, I do too. Like the Bushes and the Kennedys and the Clintons were trying to start a dynasty. Yeah. Um I even I even heard somewhere someone I, I read an article online and it thankfully didn't go anywhere. It's like should we be grooming Hillary should Chelsea. we be grooming Chelsea Clinton for uh for politics? To which my response is oh fuck no. I mean think about it from 1989, we had George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush 41. Then we had Bill Clinton, 42. Mm -hmm. We had Bush 43. We had Obama, 44. And now we've got Trump, 45. But one of the candidates that was in the running was another Bush. It could very well have been Bush and Clinton running yeah. in for the 45 slot. That horrifies me. Mm-hmm. That horrifies me. No, families should not, there should not be political dynasties like that in the United States. No, there, re there, really, there, shouldn't. there, there really shouldn't be. And the thing is, is like, if I was going to look you right in the eye, I'd ask you, how is Chelsea Clinton qualified to be president without mentioning her parents? You couldn't say it. It's the same thing with Jenna Bush. 
You look at somebody like Jenna Bush. How how is Jenna Bush qualified to be president of the United States? The Obama daughter. Well, she was really good at ditching Secret Service. She was really good at that. You look at any of these, and and what is it about you know trying to turn uh, political families into royalty? Who cares? I mean, and, yeah, and yeah. honestly, it started. Have you seen Chappaquiddick, the movie Chappaquiddick? Oh, hell yes, I have. I thought they did a great job with that movie because they did not go into partisan politics. They presented the facts of the case as we knew them. And there was a little, I mean, creative license involved in terms of some of the discussions. Right. But for the most part, my understanding of that movie is that it's mostly historically accurate as to not just the events that went on, but a lot of the discussions that went on. Yeah, it's. It, I'm sorry. It, it's no. It's it's a it's a brutally honest movie about what happens um, in the realm of politics. Yeah, it's it's brutal when you look at it, and it was just like, hey, this here's this Ted Kennedy guy. If it wasn't for the fact that he was the 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 younger brother of Jack Kennedy, his ass would have well, been Jack sent and, to jail. Um, Jack and Bobby. Yeah. Jack and Bobby. Yeah. If it if it if it wasn't for if it wasn't for his family lineage, he would have been in prison. Oh, absolutely! For the way that he um, drove over that <laughs> drove over the bridge and left that young woman Mary Jo Kopechnik to die in the car, and didn't bother to call the police for like what twenty four hours? No, it was, twelve hours is more I like twelve hours. It was hours. It was like. But it was more closer to like six or eight hours. Yeah. You know, and the thing in that movie that really um, kind of caught me was the way his dad treated him. Yeah. You know, the way his dad slapped and, and him you, and said, you're the head of this household. Act like it. You're the head of this family. Act like it. Yeah. You know, and I, polit- I, d- I did not like Teddy Kennedy at all. No. Um, politically, I really didn't. And I mean... I felt sad when he passed away. Mm-hmm. I felt sad for his family and his friends. This was a man who was loved, greatly loved by family and friends. And I felt sorry for them for their loss. But I think he changed the face of, of politics in the United States and not for the better. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that stems from how he handled Chappaquiddick. Yeah. You know, that, that really kind of formed his own opinion of himself and politics yeah because at the time and people forget this he was he was considered a front runner for the president in the next election yeah he really was and then that happened you know what i mean and think he would have been president kennedy had he gotten her out if he actually he did the right, yeah if he did the right thing by the way it's 50 yeah. years ago that happened 50 years ago yeah he would have done the if he had if he had been able to get Mary Jo Kopechny out of there, that would have been a story that fucking writes itself, and he would have been President Kennedy. Yeah, it, it really would have. Yeah, it really it really would have. Oh, but here we are. We 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 jump the rails again, off topic. <laughs> but I, I I am curious to see is there going to be a trial? Is there going to be For an Julian actual Assange? Of, of Julian Assange? Is is, is it going to be televised? Well, first of all, if there is a trial, it will. It may be like a C-SPAN kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be on any of the big news networks. I don't think you'll see it on CNN. You'll see riveting updates, but exactly. you won't see the actual trial itself. Oh. Um, 
just like everything else. You also, know, all of these Senate committee hearings and all that other kind of shit. They'll show you highlights, but you'll never see the entire thing. It, I you know, I would um, not I would not be surprised. Um, I would be saddened, and I would be surprised. God God forbid anything should ever happen to him while he's in custody of the authority of the United States of America. God forbid anything happens to him if he's like quote suicided unquote while he's yeah. in prison. If they somehow if if they do a well, they've already kind of set the stage for that, haven't they? Yeah. The way he was dragged out of the embassy and he was yelling and he just looked... He was made looked to look practically insane. Practically incoherent. He was made to look insane. What was that? He was made to look insane. He really was. Now, is that genuine or is that just the way they're portraying things? Because they could be setting things up so that, you know, he uh, he's off his rocker and he just killed himself kind of a thing. They could be setting that up. Yeah. The politicians and the people who serve them are very very aware of the optics of a situation and him being dragged out of there literally dragged out long hair scraggly beard yelling at the press yeah yeah they they were happy with those optics anyone that wanted to get rid of him was happy with those optics i don't know how i feel about it yeah um it's it's i've I've said this before, and, and it really still sticks with me. It's like with Edward Snowden. I, I honestly, I don't know how I feel about Edward Snowden, you know? Um, I don't know how I feel about Julian Assange. There's a decided difference between Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. Yeah. Edward Snowden never thought he was going to make money off of this. He really did. Um, I don't think Edward Snowden even really anticipated 15 minutes of fame from Yeah. I honestly think he was acting what he thought was the best thing to do, which is admirable julian assange on the other hand he was looking at as a way of making money and becoming famous right which is not admirable so he doesn't really have any political ties he's just whatever gets his WikiLeaks into the news media yeah yeah i just i don't i don't know how to think about it i really don't i'm concerned I am too. It's going to be. It's almost like a morbid curiosity, like rubbernecking at a rest at a uh, at an accident to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, I be I am sitting here and I'm left wondering, and I'm reading some of the other news items about how Julian Assange is being portrayed by the media. Um, and the, th I mean, listen, we would not know what we know now if it wasn't for WikiLeaks. And I think that a lot of people owe him, like I said earlier in the show, I think they owe him a debt of gratitude. I think that there are a lot of people who need to be able to say, hey, thank you for doing what you did. Um, the same people who praise the Washington Post and the New York Times for, for publishing the Pentagon Papers are the same people who should be saying thank you to Julian Assange for you <laughs> doing their work for him, essentially. Another uh, news yeah. items, and and when I read this, I actually laughed out loud. Um, talking about how <laughs> how um, I, what would you call these? These people, these Russian hackers, or these? Oh, about the uh, the the anti vaccination shit. Yeah how how do, I, how, do, I, how do we how do we how do we broach this topic without making it sound as if we are trying to add. Um, what the hell? Well, 
What this tells me is the Cold War is not dead. No. Well, this is from Business Insider. And we've been quoting a lot from the Business Insider because they, I think that they've been doing great work publishing news stories that I don't think anybody else can. And they, and for, for me, in my heart, they have begun to replace the New York Times and the Washington Post. Um, mm-hmm. Russian trolls are weaponizing social media to spread misinformation in the U.S. about vaccines. Oh, and, 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 and by the way, um, measles is now a new epidemic again here in the United States. I'm just going to read this yep. here. By April 4, there were already reported 465 cases of measles, which is more than the total of for that was reported in all of 2018. Yeah. So we're just one quarter of the way into the year, and we've already got more total reported cases than all of 2018, the yeah. previous year, which tells me people are idiots. Yes. Um, the ex- it's one thing saying I don't want to take the flu shot. It really is. It's another thing when you're not you're not inoculating your children against things like smallpox and measles. Yeah. I mean, what's next? You're you're not going to give your kid the pol- anti polio shot. Exactly. I do want to read this paragraph here because this basically. This says it all. The existence of a Russian disinformation campaign that could make Americans hesitant to vaccinate their children highlights something important about the Kremlin's information war on the United States. Moscow's goal has never ha, has never been to the advantage of Republican or Democrats. Instead, it is a far bigger prize. The exaberation of Americans' distrust of one another and, in turn, the erosion of their confidence in society and the U.S. government. And that's yeah. that's and that's that's what the Russians are doing. The Russians have these trolls on Facebook who are posting misinformation. And they are doing everything yeah. that they can to undermine our... It's not as if we weren't already distrustful of our own government. Um... But there are people who are posting in these groups and on these forums talking about um, the, quote, the big lie about immunizations. What a great way to get people to self-exterminate themselves by not immunizing themselves and their children, especially their children. What a great way to get people to depopulate their own country. And, And I wonder, what is Mark Zuckerberg doing about this? Is, is Mark Zuckerberg sitting in his office and he's reading the news? And he says, we have to do something about this. We have to do something about fake news. Instead, and this is something we published earlier again, Facebook has is starting their own news organization. And they already published something that I've, I've already outed this as a lie. about They were, they were talking about the Women's, Coal, uh, Women's Firearm Coalition here in, in New Hampshire. And how um, representatives were wearing white pearls to represent or to show their support for the Women's Coalition for, for Firearms. This, this group of women here in New Hampshire that helps women learn fire safety, firearm safety, the proper care and maintenance of a, of, of a fire gun. How, how do you get your permit and all like that? What does it mean? What does the Second Amendment mean? And the Facebook news organization completely lied and misrepresented what those pearls meant that were, that were being worn um, and everybody bought into the lie that was being perpetrated 
The reason why the, the, the representatives were wearing those pearls was to show their solidarity for the, for the women's coalition on, on firearms here in New Hampshire. And Facebook wants to be, it doesn't even know what it wants to be. Does it want to be a social media company? Does it want to be a news organization? Um, and if they're going to be a news organization, they're going to have to do a better job representing the news and getting getting the story from both sides. From so far, from what I've seen, they've done a horrible job. And um, I, I think that Mark Zuckerberg is asking, begging to be regulated. Didn't we mention that in the other show as well? Mark Zuckerberg actually wants to be regulated because he doesn't, he does not want to be the bad guy. No, he doesn't. But at the same time, I don't know. It, it, you know, he's, he's in charge of this huge media conglomerate called Mm -hmm. Facebook. Right. And I don't think he has any fucking idea what he wants to do about it. What's he, you know, I think to some extent he's just kind of floundering in his leadership role and going, um, I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't think he knows. I think he's kind of lost and he would really love it if someone were elsewhere to come up and actually have a, an idea, a clue of what to do with it. Yeah. Cause Facebook didn't exist. What? 15 years ago, 20 years ago, didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't a thing. So I don't know. I, I think Zuckerberg's kind of lost touch with his original vision and i don't think to be clear he really had that much of a vision he saw an opportunity and he took it and then ever since then he's been like well shit now what oh i know i'll start a news i'll start a news pro a news a new news thing it's working out for glenn beck so yeah i'll do that yeah you know i don't think he really has a clue i really don't yeah I mean, he knows how to run a company, but he doesn't have a whole lot in the way of leadership in terms of vision. So, yep. What I did want to do, and while we're recording here, um, mm-hmm. this came in right across the wire as we're recording, um, because they are now pushing for the Mueller report to be published. Um, and this is from C. Uh, CNBC, I don't know how true this is because it's obviously it's a mainstream media network. Mueller report recounts 10 episodes, quote, episodes, unquote, involving Trump and questions of obstruction. So as one of the things that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, talking about the Mueller report, it's it was clear Donald Trump was not going to participate in this investigation if you have any questions to ask me send them to me in writing and i'll send them back to you and that was it um this is a new story that will not go away this is something that i think that this is the whole mueller report is this sort of like this tennis ball going back and forth um while at the same time the mueller report had said that there's no evidence that the trump campaign colluded with the russians the Mueller report also uncovered the fact that yes why yes and we just got done talking about that there there is a disinformation campaign from the russians absolutely the russians publishing bogus stories and hiring trolls to post on facebook um disinformation campaigns uh here we are we're looking at this news item here and apparently, they're now talking about how Donald Trump would not cooperate with the Mueller investigation. 
and there may have been 10 instances of obstru- of obstruction um if indeed trump really did commit 10 acts of obstruction obs- did i say that right obstruction then obstruction. obviously okay. he should be punished for that by all means but the thing is, is that we need to actually know, this invest- whole thing. This whole thing smacks of just a fucking witch hunt. It really does. I mean, as stated previously, people on both sides reach out to foreign entities when they're so far along in the presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. Did Trump handle it as well as maybe he could have or should have? Probably not, because he's Trump. Right. You know, whatever. Um. Hillary Clinton was reaching out to the Russians too. Right. For the same reason. If she's going to be president of the United States, she needs to establish a form of relationship with them mm-hmm. for political reasons. You know? And every political candidate has done that. Obama did it. Freaking, um, what's his name there? Um, he was the governor of fucking Massachusetts. What the hell is his name that was running against Obama? Romney. Yeah. Romney's done it. You know, every political candidate, once you get your party's nomination so far into the election, you have to reach out to the foreign governments because you may be dealing with them. Yeah. So you want to remove yourself as an unknown quantity for them as much as possible. You know, that's just how it is. So there wasn't a whole lot of there there with this. And it's a little annoying to me that everyone's still making such a big deal about it because they're just freaking desperate to have some reason to justify their hatred of trump other than my guy didn't win or my girl didn't win in this case you know oh yeah people it's ridiculous i mean the thing is is that if you if you want trump out of the the white house run somebody who can actually run on ideas yeah that are better than trump's instead of like trying to pick personalities and say, oh, it's like I really like this person because this person is like I, 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 I like the way he swears. I like the, I like the way this guy jumps up on tables when he's talking to a crowd. I like that. I like the way people says, you know, sort of like if I w- if I was running for president, you know, and and the way that people um, like to use like certain catchphrases, and people like to you know turn things around, and use special cadences, and it's like, hey, if you want more fedoras in your life. Maybe you should put more life in your fedoras. That kind of thing. <laughs> that, that, that crazy kind of like that sort of like you're going to sound wise by turning phrases upside down and inside out. And um, and oh, yeah, I absolutely believe in equal rights for everybody. And I believe in I, uh, a reformed health care. And I believe that we should do everything we can to to fix Social Security before it collapses by um, 2036. And um and I, and I believe that every, every, every home that wants one should have f- like free adorable kittens and whatnot. And it was, hey, everybody, here's the things everybody believes. How are you going to accomplish that? How are you going to make these things happen? Um, yeah. You know, and it's like Bernie, I mean, for right now, for today, anything could change. I think what Bernie Sanders did earlier this week was a masterstroke going on and doing a town hall on Fox News and inviting all of these Bernie bros to be in the audience. I think that was a masterstroke. As of today, April 18th, when we're recording this, I think that Bernie Sanders stands a better chance 
than anybody else. I just wonder how how are they going to screw him like they did in 2016? Or if they're going to, did they lose did they learn their lesson? I don't I I don't think so. But I mean, we also talked about what happened to Joe Biden and how they're already trying to eliminate Joe Biden with the, like the, the people coming forward yeah. and talking about his creepy behavior. Um I don't think the I I I don't know if the DNC has learned their lessons or not. But um, I I, th- I think I th- listen. This is fascinating. The whole Mueller report is a gift from heaven for people who have podcasts and websites. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift that won't stop giving. No, I I, I agree. I, I really do. It's just it it just cracks me up because it's. It's Kenneth Starr all over again. Exactly. It, Kenneth, it was the whole impeachment of Bill Clinton was a fucking joke. It was political maneuvering at its worst. Um, did he lie to the American people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, what does that merit? Does that merit? I mean, essentially, that's what happened with Nixon. Is he lied to the American people? Right. But he, but they lied about something. Nixon lied about something that was actually important, you know, about like the break into the DNC's headquarters in the Watergate right. Hotel. Um, yeah, he lied about what he knew about fucking felony. Right. Kind of more important than sticking your dick into a woman. <laughs> just just throwing that out there as a possibility. It just I, I, I don't know. Oh. It just it just kills me. Kind of cracks me up, but. Yeah, the, the Mueller investigation is the same thing as the Kenneth Starr investigation. And anyone that was pissed off at the Kenneth Starr investigation should be equally pissed off at the Mueller investigation. At the time, I was young, dumb, and ignorant and was all for the Mueller investigation. Or, and, or not Mueller, um, Star, the Star Kenneth Starr. Because we actually thought the there Star was more going on than just lying about affairs. Right, Exactly. And then afterwards, I, I seem to recall very clearly you and me going, so what does this mean? means shit. What, is, what it, does this mean, right? Yeah. There's, so there's no, nothing really. He was just screwing an intern. Who gives a shit? Right. You know? How is and then this they important? were like instituting impeachments, impeachment proceedings. And you and I, I remember because we were working at the same place. Yep. And I remember us having a discussion where we were just kind of like, is this warranted? This does is, this yeah. matter? Because if he if he was give if he was turning over satellite technology to the Chinese, yeah, but that's not why he was being impeached. That should have been why he was impeached. Yeah, that's not why he was impeached. Um, it's, it's it's fucking crazy. The I whole mean, uh, the whole wa- the whole Watergate scandal, not the Watergate scandal, the Whitewater scandal, where there were yeah. they they were they had these bogus land deals t- for to pay for one of his uh, um his campaigns when he was running for governor of Arkansas, that's something yeah. that they should have actually like that. I think that that's more important than lying about an affair. Call me crazy. <laughs> right? Call me crazy. I think the thing is, is like if you, if you were selling bogus parcels of land as investment opportunities for people who didn't have the money to spend in the first place, there's a lot of other shady yeah. things that they could have gone after Bill Clinton for, but they didn't. There's a lot of there's a lot of shady things that they should be looking at in Donald Trump, colluding with the Russians. I don't think is it. I think the thing is is that 
if if Donald Trump gave them the brush off and said, no, I'm not going to cooperate with this investigation, or if he, he told people don't don't talk to the Mueller investigation, if he obstruct if he obstructed an investigation into something. Something important. Something important. I think that, yeah, you know what? You should be impeached for, um, for quote, obstructing justice, unquote. But the question is, is that, and what else did Donald Trump do that you should be looking at? You well, know, therein lies the question, right? And there's, there's some people who are out there saying, we need to investigate him more. We need to investigate him more. And it's like, okay, but before you spend another however millions of dollars the Mueller investigation cost. I think 22 people. million. I think it was before 22 million. 22 million? I think so. Um, before you spend that kind of money on investigation, can we have an idea of why you need to investigate them? Right. What? You know, just throw me a bone. Say, I suspect he did this for this reason. Yeah. You can't just investigate people because you want to investigate them. Yeah, Exactly. I, I I think that we should investigate we should investigate Eric Fisk because I don't like his podcast and I think he's doing something bad. Right. Or, you know, we should investigate Jay Cousineau because I don't like his car. Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Who cares? I, I don't I don't I you don't know, like I'm, I don't like the fact that I don't like uh I don't like his fake spray tan. I don't like the way he talks. Right. I don't like how how he's obnoxious and unpresidential. We should investigate. We should just do have an open ended investigation and see if we can play a game of gotcha and get him out of office. Why don't you? Why don't you spend the time finding a candidate who can beat Donald Trump in the war of ideas? Right, and that's where I think politics is. I would disagree with you on that because. Both sides, both the Republicans and the Democrats, first of all, we should have more than two sides, leaving that aside for now. Right. Both sides are more worried about coming up with the quote-unquote right candidate to beat the other guy. And I think they should instead be more worried about, we need to find the right candidate that represents our ideals. I think that's what I tried to say. I think that's what I tried to say. I might be wrong. Yeah. But no, I, it's, it's I early I, in the morning, and apparently I need more caffeinated sugar water. But, <laughs> <laughs> what a, but that I mean, that's used. That used to be what the elections were about. Vote for me because this is what I believe. Because this is what I think we should do. This is we're facing this situation. I would handle it this way. This is what I think we need to do. And instead, we hear, well, the other guy is going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Well, how about you let the other guy tell me what he's going to tell me? And how about you tell me what you want me exactly. to hear? You know, and don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what you want me to hear. Exactly. You know, but <sighs> fucking politics. Oh, so what is what almost is, as bad as advertisers? Almost. I'm segueing, man. I'm subgoing. Okay. Apparently Pepsi is considering space billboard space billboards to project their logo across the night sky using satellites now in the article you sent me um they show this the the picture is of this cityscape yep and you see the loca cola logo in the sky hovering among the stars which to me says whoever is thinking of doing this is an idiot 
Yep. Because when was the last time you saw stars when you were inside a city? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, you know, I mean, I could see you doing this if you were like going after those, you know, the rural areas of Montana or North Dakota or, you know, uh, rural Alaska or something. Okay, because they actually see this shit. People in cities, New York City, I don't think they even realize that there's, a, you know, that there are things in the sky at night because there's so much light pollution. They can't see shit. It just seems like a very horrible, tacky idea. It, it really does. It seems like one of the worst ideas you could possibly think of. You know, having... This is the funny thing, right? Because yeah. I've never seen anything like this in sci-fi. Usually in a sci-fi movie, you'll see something, and then some company will try and make that reality. Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing, like, in none of the Star Wars movies or Star Trek movies did I ever see some corporate logo plastered across the night sky. Because you know, plastered over the sides of buildings, yeah. Yeah. But That th- actually makes more sense. People are going to see that shit. Hell, look at Times Square. It's nothing but advertising all yeah. over the place. There are some people walking around with shit tattooed on themselves that they're advertising for other people. I just... Look, I mean, uh, like yeah. somebody had actually said this, and I thought this was funny, that um, senators and congressmen should actually have like nascar fire suits on uh with the advertisers logos on them um i can get behind that i can can get behind that i would like to see who who is senator gene shaheen's corporate sponsors that's what i'd like to know um and vote for tim schmidt for president sponsored by pepsi cola exactly cola (laughs) but here's here's the question is anything sacred anymore is anything sacred and we're kind of like, this is kind of like taking it back full circle to, you know, the burning of Notre Dame and talking about why are, why are we donating so much money to rebuild this church in another country when we have other churches here in the United States that need to be rebuilt. The thing is, is that, is space sacred? Or is the night sky sacred? Shouldn't we have something that we we draw a line and say you cannot use this as advertising space. This is sort of like I, honestly, I think we should. I think the night sky should be something that is the sky in general is something that should be left for everyone to enjoy. It's kind of what unites us, right? Um, but then again, I also think anyone who thinks they should remake Casablanca should be shot, drawn, and quartered. Exactly, not necessarily in that order. Exactly. But, you know, I, I just. I don't, I need to be able to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. I need, like, I need to be able to go on vacation and not do anything, just reconnect with nature. One of the things we did driving back from um, Las Vegas was we stopped by the Valley of Fire. And I needed that. I needed that isolation from the hustle and bustle. I mean, we're in fucking Las Vegas, man. People don't sleep in Las Vegas. No. You know, there's always something going on somewhere in Las Vegas. Service now put Same our workflows in the York, cloud. This changes everything. In Chicago, everything. I hit because the thing. I had a window open. Mm-hmm. This talking about commercialism. Talking talking about commercialism in general, and it's mm-hmm. like here it is. I have 
news items. I, I, I have pages open so that we'll be able to talk about them. Um, and we're just, we're just plugging along. And these pop-ups come up. Hey, somebody just somebody just posted something you might like on Pinterest. Yeah, and what is it with, with every site in the world wants to have notifications? Enable notifications for this site. Why? We've we never don't do been that. here before. We don't do that. I don't even know if I want to fucking like this page, and I'm inclined to just shut down the tab right the hell now because you're annoying the fuck out of me. Exactly. This site wants to know where you live. Well, too fucking bad. I don't want you to know. It, it, I'm just an anonymous browser. I don't want you to know shit about don't me. Don't you already know too much about me as it is? Exactly. I mean, come on. You, I, a porn site does not need to know where I live, damn it. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Is there something you want to share? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I already did. No, just it just it drives. Oh my gosh, it drives me nuts. Not every website needs to have notifications. Yeah. You know, it's like the toolbars in the in the the two thousands in the early two thousands. And when I'm, I remember going over, someone was saying they're having a problem with their browser being slow. And I went over and they had 17 fucking toolbars. I'm like, you know, are you trying to turn your browser into a wide, into a widescreen format? I mean, why, why do you need that? Why do you need all these? Like, the, uh, like remember, Yahoo had their own um, bar, their own. What, what, yep. did you, what did you call those again? Toolbars. Toolbars. MSN had their own toolbar google for a time had their own now they have just their own browser well yeah you know they stepped up their game um and how come yahoo hasn't come up with their own browser yet nobody's actually addressed that yet i'm not saying google have your own browser i'm just saying how come they haven't um but this i think commercialism has gone freaking crazy Every space, every, every space has to have some kind of advertiser. Like, and it's not, it's, it's not unlike the crazy pastor at the bottom of the hill where we live, who had friends and family who were in construction. And he thought it was, it was blessings, 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 everybody, <laughs> blessings that somebody wanted to buy a plot of land that was covered in fo with forest. And it was a blessing to clear cut that, flatten it, and put up some McMansions or, or put in... Um, what the hell am I look? What am I talking about? Or uh, another strip mall? Yeah. Well, it's like that song: "You pave paradise to put up a parking lot." Exactly, and that's what we're looking at yeah. here. That's and that's. I mean, in some cases, literally. Yeah. Like here in Utah, in the Salt Lake Valley area, they're looking at an explosion of population. It's been growing leaps and bounds over the past ten years, and it's not showing any signs of stopping. No. And. One of the things I liked when we first moved here is I could be driving down a road and I'm in suburbia and then all of a sudden here's a 150 acre farm or ranch yeah. and then I'm back in suburbia. You know, I'm driving down a major highway on one side of the road is a, a, a metropolitan city on the other side of the road is a big giant fucking ranch. You know, I, I liked that. I liked that mixing of the old with the new. I yeah. enjoy that. And 
increasingly it's going away. Like the pasture that I used to go drive to every day, twice a day to water the horses and feed the horses. It's now got 75 McMansions on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, is that, is, is that what we're calling progress now? Cause I'm not, I'm not all that sure it's progress. Find example. I, find example. Yeah. We live in this tiny little town in New Hampshire. When people ask me, what is your town like? I said, it is exactly the kind of town you would expect the U.S. Marshals to put you if you were with the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> and that seems to shut them up for a couple of minutes. But the, right, because they're trying to imagine what that is. It's this tiny little town, and we have, we have uh, two grocery stores, a Walmart. Um, we have one strip mall. And we have these other little um, commerce areas. It's it's really, it's a very small town. It's the smallest town that Carol and I could find that's close enough for work. And there are people who are fleeing urban areas. They are fleeing the congestion. They are fleeing billboards and, 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 and crime. They're fleeing all of these things that they claim that they hate. And then they move to this town, and then they think that because they have a master's degree in 16th century Martian poetry, that somehow they're smarter than everybody else who already lives here. And they want to run for these posts, like for the selectmen, to help straighten us out and to bring modernity here to this area. Because you know what, damn it? We don't have a Starbucks here in this town. We don't have enough street lights. We don't have enough traffic lights. We need to catch up with the 20th century here. And and the taxes well, it's, are... It's, there's a part of me that I, I, I ran into that too somewhat um, before we moved out here to Utah. And there's a part of me that when you move to a small town and people start saying, okay, well, we need to raise money. We need to have more of this, more of that, more of the other thing. I always looked at them and said, okay, well, why did you... They have that in the city you moved here from. So yeah. why did you move? Well, I didn't like blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. So why are you doing everything in your power to turn this into that? So you can move in 10 years because you've successfully changed this into something you hate? Right. You know? It's just, it's just, ugh, people just drive me fucking nuts. Exactly. And one of the things, like, environmentalists tend to drive me nuts. And the reason for that stems back to when I was in high school, I was out in the woods, walking around, enjoying nature, and I was on this old logging road, and I saw this car on a logging road, which in and of itself should tell you something's not right, because yeah. that's what it told me. So I walk up to the guy who's in there, and he's got this clipboard, and he's writing things down furiously, and I'm like, um, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm looking for this swamp. I'm like, it's right over there. The guy's wearing a suit. Yeah. Suit, tie dress shoes i'm like what, what do you need a swamp for well i'm here with this organization and we're looking into the wetlands and blah 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 and the other thing i'm like so did you bring a change of clothes yeah he's like no i'll be fine i'm like gonna lose those nice pretty shoes when you step into the fucking swamp <laughs> never been to a swamp yep <laughs> you know it just oh my gosh drives me nuts because they, they learn about something in college and they think they understand it, you know? It's like, 
like hunting season. Virginia has so many white-tailed deer now that they're considered pests, mm -hmm. like rats. Mm -hmm. Deer are very majestic creatures. In Massachusetts, before I left, I saw a herd of 15, 20 deer in someone's backyard. At least five of them had broken limbs just dangling yeah. because they'd gotten hit by cars. Yeah. The herds were getting too big, and they won't let people hunt because hunting's evil. Right. Okay, well, you chased out all of their natural predators. There's no more wolves. There's no more puma. So if we're not going to hunt the deer down, they're going to start developing diseases and shit to keep the populations down yeah. because that's what nature does. Right. So it just ugh, doesn't, you don't have to be a genius to figure this shit out. You really no. don't. No. But it drives me nuts. It, it's, it's. And this is why God invented alcohol, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. We gotta we gotta slow it down during the week though, because it's getting harder and harder to wake up first thing in the morning. Uh, oh, you know, I remember being younger. I would just drink enough before I went to bed. I'd wake up still drunk. Yep. Can't Any, do that anymore. One one uh one last thing I wanted to mention here before we call it a break, call it call it a podcast. Doug Palumbo. Yeah. Um, who has been a, a frequent co-host on uh, the Fedora Chronicles radio show, has mm -hmm. he had said something that I thought we should really address. I posted yet another story about how now the Chinese are claiming that they have found alien artifacts on the moon. And I just, I just posted the link on our Facebook group. Yeah, I read that article. I read that article, um, <sighs> and he's and I see links to news stories that I think is interesting. I think that this is interesting. Um, yeah, but do you think there's anything really there? I don't. I honestly, if you ask me five minutes from now, I'll probably give you a different answer. I would think that if yeah. there, if if an advanced civilization was visiting us or had visited us in the past frequently i could imagine that yes indeed they must have had some kind of facility somewhere one of the things that we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast is we are finding more and more evidence that human civilization was far more advanced than and we older. original thought and older than we thought and that there's a good chance there was a far more advanced civilization here on earth that either just up and left or up and disappeared we don't know why or and something just something happened something happened um you know they came down here they were slumming for a while and then you know mom and dad called them up said all right you've had enough you got to come back and, uh, and 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 be a responsible adult exactly um and and we were and, the spring break at one point and for alien advanced <laughs> civilization and 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 Walt <laughs> likes the theory about the Anunnaki here on planet earth um playing with our genetics creating a slave species mining for gold and up and left um if there was such a thing i would like to believe that yes why of course they would have cities on the moon and we should go and investigate them there's some there's conspiracy theorists who say that part of the apollo program was to go up and bring back some alien technology that's hiding on the moon 
people have that. Yeah, I'm not sure I, I buy into that so much. My favorite conspiracy theory is that the moon itself is actually a space station full of aliens and that it's hollow on the inside. I'm a big fan of that right. one. Right. I like that that's, one just that's because an of the absurdity. The, the absurdity And the fact that we have never come across another planet anywhere in all of the planets we've seen now where they have a satellite that was proportionately as large as the moon is compared to the planet that is right. orbiting around. Right. Then if the moon is solid, it should be affecting our rotation in terms of we should be wobbling on our axis um, There's something according weird going to the pull on. of the moon. There's something weird going on. There's, there's right. A, and apparently they launched a satellite at the moon in the in the 70s and when the satellite hit it rang like a fucking gong yeah there is so we yeah. don't know yeah we we don't really know what the hell's going on with the moon who we knows we really don't i'm a big fan of the the death star theory that it's actually a giant space station that's floating around out there yeah that's new moon you know i'm yeah. i'm a big fan of that just because it tickles me yeah um and i like the idea of a bunch of you know aliens sitting around inside the moon like eating popcorn and shit watching old lucy reruns <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know we need to get some of that cognac <laughs> exactly um now there's a great book i actually have um as a matter of fact just as i'm i'm, I'm talking to you right now i'm about ready to uh, pull the trigger on this uh, this book, the Audible version, "Who Built the Moon" by Christopher Knight. I don't think it's the same Christopher Knight who was on the Brady Bunch. I might be wrong. I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. But I'm going to read this synopsis to you. Um, the authors of Civilization One return, bringing new evidence about the moon that will shake up the world. Christopher Knight and Alan Butler realized that there is an ancient system of geometry they presented earlier in a breakthrough study works as perfectly for the moon as it does the earth. On further investigation, they found a constant sequence of beautiful integer numbers when looking at every major aspect of the moon. No such pattern emerges from any other planet or moon in the solar system. In addition, Knight and Butler discover that the moon possesses few or no heavy materials and has no core, something that should not be possible. Their per persuasive conclusion, if, if higher life only devo developed on the moon because the moon is exactly where it is and where it should be, it becomes unreasonable to cling to the idea that the moon is a natural object. The only question is, or the only question remains, who built it? And that's one of the things I'm going to be preparing for the Fedora Chronicles is a, is a book report, as it were. This was published back in 2015, so I think we're four years past due doing a, a, a story on it. But it is, it's, it's captive because it's one of these things that I really liked talking about on the Metaphysical Connection, talking about these strange things that just don't seem to make any sense. But Doug has a really good point. Um, it's not enough to just publish these little news items, these new little snippets, um, and just say, oh, oh, well, okay. You know, these people claim that they have pictures. Well, I, I want to see the pictures. 
I want to see the pictures that the, the Chinese have claimed that they have taken of these alien structures on the moon. Right, because the ones like in the article that I saw anyway, the, the pictures that were on there were artist representations. Sure. And we think it's here kind of shit. It, it's eh, whatever. If I want sci-fi, I'm going to watch sci-fi. You yeah. know what I mean? Because Doug, um, I'm, I want to read. Yeah, go ahead. Have you seen the, uh, you know how they they finally took a picture of a black hole. We mentioned this briefly right. last week. And I love, have you seen the refined higher resolution images that they took? I have. It's, yeah, yeah. It looks like a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Krispy Kremes in space. <laughs> I enjoy that too much. I love it. I do. I honestly think, I mean, I, Doug is absolutely totally right. And I'm reading this. Give me an article written by an actual person with a byline or a credible publication, then we'll have a discussion. Sorry, I want to believe in these types of articles, but they do nothing for the cause. I think that should be sure. our homework. That should be that should be our homework for the next week. I'm going to read this book, see if we can get the author to come online and talk to us, and let's actually um, investigate this and see if whether or not there's any validity to this. I, I sort of regardless as as a challenge from Doug and, and, and Sidney Riley. Right. That sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to close this the the uh, the show out with? Um. No, not really. I mean, the the one thing I want to talk about we already talked about is the Notre Dame thing, and um, I think that we all could do better for ourselves and for our communities just by looking around, seeing what we can do locally. You know, I mean, what happened at Notre Dame is a, tra as a tragedy, it really is, um, for world culture and specifically for the Catholic faith. But we see tragedies happening around us all the time and we ignore them because they're part of the plan, as the Joker said. Yeah. So I think it's time to upset the plan. Yeah. And start doing something about the things we can actually affect instead of worrying about the things we can't. Exactly. No, I totally agree with you. I totally another great show, Jay. Thank you so much for for, for coming on, and um, thank you, sir. And we're going to talk next week. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can be a part of the Metaphysical Connection by subscribing to the Fedora Chronicles Network on Twitter through at Fedora Chronicle. There you will find jazz era counterculture, vintage threads, lost history, conspiracies, the paranormal, and space news. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com groups, The Metaphysical Connection. Both platforms are great ways to join our growing community, connect with other friends of the show, and find out what's coming up in next week's episode. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. 
Want some metaphysical connection swag of your own? Get your own damn metaphysical connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. This is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.